That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, is good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. And Ish, uh, my only question here is, what is your favorite Christmas song? <laughs> I didn't expect this. Uh, I'm going to go. I woke up this morning. I woke, woke up this okay, morning okay, and I just yeah. started running through the playlists. Running, just... through, running through the hits. That's what I was doing from 10 to 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Playing the hits. Uh, well, well, what's, what's yours? You're kicking off this topic. So what's your favorite Christmas song? So I was putting together. I was just you know running through it. Yeah. Let me see. It has to be, dang, it has to be, okay, I don't know if this is more recent, uh-huh. but, okay, well, it's not recent, but I've I've come on to it more lately is uh, Let It Snow, Boys to Men. There you go. Ooh, okay. The one that comes to mind for me is Santa Claus is Coming to Town by the Jackson 5. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, right? That's the, that's that's the one great. that comes to mind, so I'm going to go with that one because that was the first one that really stood out to me. That's a good one. That's so, all right. Yeah, that whole Christmas album from the Jackson Five. Is, yeah, the Jackson is pretty, Five. It's hard to get out of that. That's good. Okay, good. Now that yeah. we've got that out of the way, um, <laughs> <laughs> we got the essential questions out of the way. Um, a lot of basketball has happened um, since we our last podcast was on Tuesday, so less than a week, five days. But mm-hmm. um, Houston goes down. Texas goes down. Uh, got some interesting women's results to talk about. As well, um, North Texas keeps winning on the men's side, not on the women's side, obviously. Mm. And yeah, we can start with Houston and Texas men's. Uh, man, they were one and two ish. They were one and two last Monday, um, or for two weeks straight, I think they were one and two. Yeah, it was about yeah, it was about two weeks. And Texas plays their first game outside of the state of Texas. Plays Illinois at at MSG. Loses in overtime, eighty-five to seventy-five, in a game that I, they had it controlled. It mm-hmm. felt like they were in control. Felt like they were fine, and then they just choked away the lead late. Go to overtime, end up losing to a very talented Illinois team. Um, don't know how like actually good Illinois is, but they are very talented. Sure. And then Houston loses to Alabama at home yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday. They lost on Saturday afternoon, seventy-one to sixty-five at home. Uh, I have plenty of you know thoughts on that, but where yeah. where do you want to start with these two? Um, I guess we we can start a little bit with Houston since it was kind of their first big test. Um, Texas, of course, had, had picked up some big wins over Gonzaga and Creighton, and so I, I don't know. The, it, we can talk about that game. I, definitely, there are some takeaways from that. But from Houston, I guess the thing I'm interested in is it showed a little bit of the the concerns of like all the Houston teams where it's like they come out looking really good. They play solid defense. And then all of a sudden the offense just goes away. Right. Like the shooting goes away. And it, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I, maybe it was just the level of competition to where we thought that problem was gone. Right. Where it was like, yeah. Oh, they're a lot better of an offense. They're a lot. F- and they're still better than they have been in the past. Don't get me wrong. But, it did get to the point where it was like, okay, they're fishing for some shots here. Um, if it wasn't Sasser or Shed creating something, they really had nothing going for them, particularly in the second half. First half, I thought it was pretty, they were pretty fine, um, really good actually. And then especially late in that second half, I thought things got really stagnant to where, I mean, Alabama's a really, you know, Alabama's a really good team and Alabama's a really good, um, well-coached team too. And yeah, I got to the point where 
we saw with that Quentin Grimes team where it was like, okay, there's they're they're really fishing for shots here and really struggling to put up good shots. Um, and yeah, I mean, they didn't really control the offensive class like they usually do. They got out rebounded in this game. And it was kind of, I don't know, it, that was kind of it because they didn't turn the ball over a ton. Like it wasn't like sloppy play necessarily, but just mm-hmm. like when they played a team that could defend pretty well, they yeah. it was kind of like a stalemate in that in that regard, and they lost basically. I'm gonna I'm gonna sh- shoot Houston some bail, even though yeah, I, I mean it's because... our first first test, right? First test yeah. of the season. First test. Um, obviously, playing at home, I think, makes this a little bit less excusable because when you're playing with the crowd that they had there, um, sure, the environment was awesome. Over seven thousand people. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to win that game against yeah. Alabama. With that being said, I don't think Marcus Sasser was at 100%. He had the goggles on. I'm not going to call them goggles because they're, they're not goggles anymore. They're just actual like sport glasses. Glasses, right. Yeah, to protect his eyes. Right. Um, he shot 2 of 11, 0 for mm-hmm. 3 from 3. Um, I just didn't think he was himself. And if Marcus Sasser is not himself, this team is not the number one team in the country. Like, yeah. Flat out, they're not. Because mm-hmm. then it turns to Jamal Shedd. And while Jamal Shedd is good, and he was actually very, you know, effective, especially in the first half, mm-hmm. he ends up going eight of twenty for nineteen points, uh, one of five from three, entirely too many threes from him, three assists, three turnovers. Like I like Jamal Shedd, but he is the complement to Marcus Sasser more so than him being the Batman to the Robin, right? right. And then Jamal Mark fouls out in the second half. Uh, he ends up with ten points. Um, you know, Jarris, Jarris Walker, three or four from the field. It's like everything, it feels a little bit like that team with Quentin Grimes where they were like, all right, Quentin, Quentin Grimes is here. We're going to play defense and rebound, and then everything else goes. Except mm-hmm. this team is more talented than that team all around. Sure. But sure. they still need Marcus Sasser to play like Quentin Grimes did. They still need him to be the alpha here. And if he's mm-hmm. not 100%, they are not the best team in the country, like I said. So – uh, that is the bail. I will shoot them. However, it is concerning overall as a team. Uh, they go three of 13 uh, from three against really the first team that besides Oregon that matches up with them athletically. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how good of a shooting team this is all around, but I will. But if Marcus Sasser is healthy, I think he shoots better than oh for three from three. Right. And, uh, you know, that might help him out a bit. But it was interesting, man. Bama n- knew from last year how physical houston was going to be and just came in and said all right we're gonna to have to match it and they did yeah. they were alabama's really really good i was about to say this was a, i mean this is a really good game between two yeah. defensively sound teams um and like you mentioned like it, the fertita center was really awesome like it was a, probably one of the best environments they've had probably the best environment they've had in a while um and yeah like sasser had that one really athletic finish for an and one like mm-hmm. uh, early in the second half that looked real it was like okay maybe he's this is where he turns it on and he just never really got going after that. Um, like you mentioned, he probably isn't a hundred percent. And if he's not, yeah, this definitely limits their ceiling because they're a, you know, they're a very good team, but not probably the best team in the country, um, or potentially best two teams in the country if he's not there. Because what makes them, what made them good last year was the system, and then the emergence of Jamal Shedd as a playmaker. But what takes them to that next level was having that alpha score. You know, that's somebody you can throw the ball to, and get a bucket from anything. Um, yeah. The one thing I did, say, I I did also notice was that their defense kind of collapsed pretty easily in the paint um, when Alabama got anything inside. Like they were, once Alabama was able to drive inside, like they were one pass from a good look. And every it felt like every single time. So that's something. Again, it, it, I trust Kelvin Sampson to go to the draw, go back to the drawing board and say, okay, you know, here what went wrong after our first big test, and then they'll come back and fix some things. But um, if anything, I mean, I expect Alabama to be a player in the SEC. You know, um, they'll be playing well into the second weekend of the tournament. Um, so I, I don't think it's a bad loss necessarily. Um, some things that do concern me, but you know, going forward, we'll see. Uh, they have they have uh, excuse me, they have Virginia coming up this weekend. Houston does, and so we'll be able to see whatever they be able, whatever they'll, um, whatever they saw on tape, can they can fix? Because um, obviously, you know, Virginia is a 
a really sound defensive team too. Um, they're probably not as good as they've been in the past, but still top 20 ish in terms of defense. Yeah. So we'll see um, if they can fix, uh, fix what they saw on tape uh, against another really good de- defensive team. Yeah. And um, as much as we love their physicality and they should definitely stay with that, it yeah. does result in a lot of fouls. It results in yeah, foul trouble. A lot and of foul trouble. <laughs> Alabama shot 32 free throws in the game. So that is going to happen when you play elite offenses and elite teams and that can somewhat match your physicality as you might reach a little bit more you might go for some blocks that you mm-hmm. can't go against against you know that might have worked against kent state it's not gonna work here it's gonna work yeah. in the american that's for sure because the american mm-hmm. sucks so right. they're gonna pin their stuff to the backboard but again alabama virginia will be very good test for this team uh moving forward all right texas uh real quick because this was earlier in the week this was i think wednesday or thursday uh, uh Thursday. They lose to Illinois. A shout out Matthew Meyer. Uh he had some he had some uh moments in that game that were that were awesome. He had really struggled a bit at Illinois, but obviously the former Baylor Bear was over there getting getting loose a little bit <laughs> um <laughs> against Texas. So that was that was good to see. Uh Terrence Shannon had a pretty off game for Illinois, but um overall I don't leave this game too concerned with Texas because I feel like I know what Texas is already. Like I, I feel like I Texas is what they are. They are a high floor team. Mm-hmm. They are a team that I don't know how high their ceiling is because as much as I like Carr and Hunter and Allen and so on and so forth, it's like they're not, you know, Marcus Sasser. They're not these like top 10 lottery picks in, right. in the NBA. So I don't know how high their ceiling is, but they're a very, very good team. And I don't think I'm going to dock them too much for this loss. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is, we we talked about, you you mentioned a little bit with like, when you play a certain style of defense, if you're not on your game, you're going to give up a lot of fouls, which is exactly what happened kind of late in this game. You know, Illinois kept getting to the line. Um, I don't think you can bet on Matthew Mayer hitting five for five (laughs) every time. He he hasn't been great this season and he like turned it on in this game. He was going Um, crazy. He goes one step (laughs) in. Yep. Exactly. I was about to say he was like top of the key, Steph Curry step in three. He was like, what? Like, that's like what we expected to see from him last year at Baylor when he kind of took over. You're like, oh man, this guy. I don't know. He's been he's been fine for Illinois, but like it was definitely like a oh really, this is the time you want to have this game. Um right. yeah, he finished with what is he? 21, uh five of five from three. And yeah, he it's particularly in the first half, just like kept Illinois in it. Amazing. Um Taryn Shannon. He's hit a new level for this team, man. I did not expect him to be this good for Illinois. Um, he had what zero in the first half or something like that. Yeah, like, zero he had, in the like... first half, and he finished with like 16, 19. Yeah. What was it? 16. Uh, 16. Um, but he's been great. Like Illinois has been really good this season because of him and his emergence in particular. Um, it's kind of weird how like everybody, like Courtney Ramey at Arizona, Terrence Shannon yeah. at Illinois, like these guys are turning into like all American players uh, when they leave the state. Um, but regardless, I. I'm not too worried about this game. Like you mentioned, like I take more from quality wins against Creighton quality, you know, a dominating win over Gonzaga, as opposed to a neutral site, you know, heavily physical game against Illinois lost in overtime. Like, I don't know. It's their first blemish. And sure. You can maybe take some things from this. Like they didn't have their best shooting night from three, um, which if I had to gamble, I would say this may be more of what this Texas team is than maybe what we saw against the Gonzaga um, where yeah. they're lighting it up. But with that being because said, they I don't also think shot, they also yeah. shot poorly against Creighton. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is more in line of what this team is from deep, but I don't think they're going to, again, I would take more of this being Illinois night in particular, as opposed to Illinois being the better team. Like if, if they played like a seven game series, I'm taking Texas probably in like five on it, if I'm being honest. Um, but on this particular night, Illinois got hot. They were really good. They finished well. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, even though Texas might be a 30%, 32% three point shooting team, I wouldn't expect Illinois to have a, a great shooting night or teams to have great shooting nights against them very often. So, um, Similarly to Houston, I don't want to say this is a quote-unquote good loss for them just because I don't know what you take from this game other than like eh, Illinois had a great night for them um, comparatively and maybe you can get away with – maybe you can clean up some things on defense to where you're not fouling as much because they finished with what, 
30 yeah 31 free throws so um yeah i don't know it was it was a lot of foul trouble from texas and just kind of sloppy play but i wouldn't at least for me nothing to really be concerned about they are currently i just had it up they are currently eighth in the country in two point percentage and 277th in three point percentage I mean that's gonna um, yeah that's gonna be the way they they win games. I mean that's just Chris Chris Beard's never been <laughs> that type of. I mean I'm not saying he's like he's he's he's. I'm not gonna say he's like oh yeah he just gives up the three point line, but like it's just not something his offense is conducive to producing. Yeah. You know, and they, they don't have. Shot, I don't think they have. Shot. Yeah, I don't think they have snipers on this team either. Really, right. uh, if you look at it, Tyrese Hunter is probably their best shooter at this point, and then after this that, season, yeah, probably. So the the last thing I'll say is I don't want to sell all of my Marcus Carr stock, but sure. I, I just don't know against good teams how great, like how consistently good he can be. I do I, wonder – I think when the he shot put... selection of Marcus Carr is my issue. Is sometimes that those will go in, Some the mm-hmm. floaters, the, the, the mid-range jumpers, the threes, but – I don't trust him enough to be consistently efficient for this team. He went three of 14 and I know he's had some good games this year against good competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, whenever I watch him play, he doesn't give off to me be like, Oh, Marcus Carr is a, if you give him 15 shots, he's putting up 20 points. Like it's just, he's not. So uh, Marcus Carr is one of my bigger concerns here. Um, not for nothing. Timmy Allen went nine of 18, which, you know, isn't the most efficient either. So I, I think, t- I mean, I kind of agree. I mean, I think to me, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's indicative of how like, how confident we are in Timmy Allen that we just haven't mentioned him this season. Like he, we just know he's going to be who he is um, in terms of like, he's their consistent score, you know, inside. Yeah. Um, he's going to give you that, that tweener, typical Chris Beard look. Um, his scoring has gone down a bit, but I think that's just because Marcus Carr is scoring more, Tyrese Hunter scoring more. Um so I'm not too concerned about his output. I think he's doing more things playmaking wise that he did last year. Um, I kind of agree with Marcus Carr. I guess in this game in particular, I kind of wonder how, what happens when he faces guards that are bigger, you know, against yeah. Gonzaga, against Creighton. Those are guards more his size, things like that. You know, Illinois has a Terrence Shannon who's, you know, lengthier, more, more physical, and so what happens when they, you know, his worst games came against Texas Tech last year where they had guards they can throw at him that were a little bit more lengthier. So I don't know. Is that something that that Chris Beard's going to have to kind of rein him, rein him in on? Because um, he does struggle against guards who can match his physicality and athleticism. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I just whenever I watch Marcus Carr, I'm not. I'm not sold. I'm not sold. That that's all I'll say. It, I mean, he, 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 it looks tough at times. Right, right. No, I'll say he, like he's a he's a tough shot maker. Right. That that's his. That's kind of his game. And when he's not hitting, <laughs> it looks think, pretty bad. <laughs> I think he missed like four floaters in the game, and I was just like, all right, let's stop shooting these runners. Like, right. Just, you know, when when you have when he when he plays against you know when he has a Creighton when he has a Gonzaga like it looks great. Right. You have this alpha yeah. who seems like he can catch fire in the tournament or something and things like that. But when he has a game like this, you're just like, all right, let's, let's back up here. <laughs> um, credit to Marcus Carr though. He is, has an incredibly low turnover rate right now. He's only at 9% on turnover rate, which is. I was about to say, I think that's coming from fantastic. just him not having to be the playmaker. <laughs> yeah, that is fantastic. So um, shout out to him. All right. Uh, let's roll through these other two. Uh, North Texas, want to give them a shout out. They mm-hmm. beat UT Arlington and Grand Canyon this week. Grand Canyon is a top 100 team, and Ken Palmer was a top 100 team in Ken Palm. Beat them in Phoenix, which is basically a road game they played at the Suns mm-hmm. um, arena. Uh, good win for them. I have questions a little bit about about their offense. Um it's it looks really bad right now. <laughs> it's a little different. It it it's taken them time to to figure it out, but yeah. they are um still like they're three hundred fifty second in two point percentage, and it's completely accurate. Uh, we did I did a podcast on it last night for mm. the the green room podcast. Shameless plug, but um <laughs> yeah, they they just don't have two po- guys who can finish either at the rim or in the post. Uh, Abu hasn't been as good as that we've wanted him to be, and. Yeah, as I'm mean, Tyler Perry is really good, but it's mostly behind the three point line. Um, and they have some other guys that they're working in there, but yeah, so that's a concern. 
but you get a good win over Grand Canyon. Um, and overall this year, they've been good outside of that St. Mary's game where they didn't have anybody and didn't practice and didn't play. So, um, oh, well, yeah, it looks, it seems like, ironically, it seems like two point in, in inside the three point line is where they missed JJ Murray and Thomas Bell. It's yeah. just like, they just had two reliable, like you expect those guys to be more missed defensively, but it's also like, well, those guys could just get the reliable bucket. Um, or at least force the issue. Or exactly. At least, at least makes to keep defenses honest and things like that. So yeah. that's something that I guess I didn't expect um, from, from those guys not being there this year. So that's kind of still where they have to, they have to find some reliability on that end. Let's just say. Yeah. They are 67th in Ken Palm, which is very, very good. Uh, but Conference USA has UAB 46th in Ken Palm, FAU 47th in Ken Palm. And so those are two teams. Uh, North Texas plays FAU. This That's probably the next time we'll talk about North Texas. Is they play FAU December 29th, and that will kind of set the tone for what we think this team can be um, moving forward. Um, real quick, just to run through Conference USA. <laughs> Rice is still 230th. UTEP uh, is 209th. They've kind of – I haven't watched – I didn't watch UTEP versus DePaul, but that was kind of disappointing to get blown out like that to DePaul. I think they had an early lead. And New Mexico it. State too. Yeah, and blowout loss to New Mexico State. So it's like, all right, they're on, like, and the thing is they beat New Mexico State earlier in the year, and they True. could then come back and get drubbed by them later. It's like, okay, can't really take anything from the win now. Um I don't fully know how good this team is at this point, UTEP, but they beat Corpus. Um, they beat Corpus Christi. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's something. That is something. So uh, you have that. Um, Rice is is still Rice. They haven't played. They play t- Texas since last time we talked. Mm. They haven't played since the fourth. They play Texas tomorrow. Right. So we'll see. Mm. Whatever. We'll see. Uh, U- <laughs> UTSA continues to drop. Uh, lost to New Mexico by. 18, which actually isn't that bad of a loss. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I can't do math. No, yeah, 18, Yeah, uh, which isn't that bad of a loss. But they are 322nd in Ken Palm. Ken Palm just hates UTSA. So. Yeah, I was about to say, they have not. That they, they they got like a small bump from Texas State, but then they just been. It's like the it's like the, the hand, the, you know, the hand grip. The, the, oh, the, yeah. The, the, like, <laughs> gripping hands, and it's me, and it's Ken Palm, and it's hatred of UTSA. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, so anyways, wanted to give a quick Conference USA rundown while we're yep. here. Uh, and then last but not least, Texas Tech. I Again, they're kind of like Texas. I know what they are without Fardaz. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you look at their resume, and yes, we're already resume watching at this oh, point sure. in the year. Uh, they are 34th in Ken Palm. They are 6-2. and two, But their wins have only been against teams outside of the top 140 in Ken Palm. And their two losses have been to Ohio State and Creighton in Maui. So, and they did not look good against Nichols. No, at all. They were down. They, they were, were down. down. They had a rally in that game. So that was, yeah. I don't know. That's gonna be. That's a. I feel like they're gonna have one of the, again. It's Nichols. So like, I don't want to like, like, like it's a. That was a bad performance. I'm not. That's why I'm not. I'm not trying to like say like, oh, I'm not worried. No, like that's a worrying concern. Yeah. But I feel like they're gonna have that kind of game in them this year, where they just like struggle against a team whether it's offensively or not even offensively like they're just struggling with consistency because they like they had to they basically had to live at the free throw line in this game because they had to just like bully ball their way to winning this game they shot almost 50 free throws in this game because they just had to bully because they they needed they needed to get shots they needed to get looks and it was just like all right screw it these guys can't defend us and just like but uh, that being that that aside, I feel like they're gonna, especially if Fardos isn't there, and we know that they don't have a Terrence Shannon, and we know they don't have a Kevin McCuller, right? They don't have they don't have those typical. I don't know. It's a lot on Kevin O'Banner to ask him to be the guy every night now. Um, I feel like they're gonna have these games where they're just like, what? They're struggling against who? And then let's put it this way: I think their ceiling is their ceiling is lower, but their floor is about the same i think they're going to give teams like texas trouble i don't know if they'll beat texas this year but they're going to give teams like texas trouble but they're probably going to struggle with the middle to bottom of the big 12 i really do and i think that's going to level out at about the middle of the big 12 this year yeah um i did not watch this the whole nichols state game so for texas tech fans wondering i'm not gonna go in depth with it all i'm gonna say is 
Davion Harmon, one of eight from the field, three turnovers, five assists. It's, um, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. not nothing. Uh, that's it. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, I, um, I, I'm gonna say Pop Isaac's still my dude, man. Yeah, Pop Isaac's it. He's. I wish this team was better because this is exactly the type of player they need. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, shout out Lamar Washington for getting to the free throw line 17 times. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, now, t- uh, Tech's next four games are against nobodies. They should beat them all by. I was about 20, to say we're not going to know plus. anything about this team until Big 12 um, play. Then you get TCU December 31st, and then we start playing basketball from there. Let's do it. Because uh, the Big 12, man. I was about. To, I was just looking at the Big Twelve schedule. That's stupid. Oh my god! <laughs> just to start. Twelve, dude. Eight thirty-five. Like this is. You got just a schedule reading off the rankings. Forty-four, yeah. eight, thirty-five, forty-eight, four, fifteen, fifty-six, twenty-three. Like that's their first. The first half of their schedule. And then their quote-unquote break is non-conference against LSU. Like, yeah. And I again, I don't think LSU is very good this year. But this Tech team isn't as good as they usually are, so that's going to be a, you know a fight. That'll be a brawl. They have no. There's no room to sleep in the no Big breaks. Is nuts. No breaks. My no God. breaks in the Big Twelve. That's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, to the women's side. Before we get to um anything else, last night Rice played Houston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Houston, mm-hmm. as we all as we talked about last podcast, is our favorite one win team. Uh, UTSA, them and UTSA were fighting for our favorite one win teams. Yes, right? uh, both were one and seven, I believe. Last last time we talked, Houston got a win uh, uh, over UMBC. So mm-hmm. good for them. They now have two wins. Then they played Rice, obviously Houston versus Houston. Mm-hmm. They went to double overtime and lose to Rice ninety one to eighty eight. Rice stays perfect. Houston falls to two and eight. And I just want to read off Houston's losses this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Houston lost by seven to Louisiana, lost by seven to New Mexico, lost by six in overtime to Florida State, lost by six to Portland, lost by four in overtime to Florida, lost by three to UT Arlington, lost by 14 to Kansas State, who I believe was ranked at the time. Um, and lost to three in double overtime. Lost by three in double overtime to Rice. Those are their losses this year. The best now. Now UTSA might have something to say about this. Sure, because sure. I think UTSA picked up when I'm not sure. Let me let me look at the schedule before I say this. But Houston might be the best two win team in the country. <laughs> not saying rank them. So UTSA is now two and five. Houston's two and seven, both with quality quality losses. Yes. I don't know we if got I'm the, leading. We got that. We got I'm that saying, showdown coming up next week. All I'm saying, all I'm saying, is Houston might have the edge right now in terms of the two win matchup when they play uh, December nineteenth in our game of the month. <laughs> In Houston uh, versus UT- uh, UTSA women, so yeah, shout out to Houston for putting up another great fight against Rice and Destiny Jackson for Rice puts up thirty three points on twelve of fourteen shooting. I think uh, her hoop stats has Houston as a despite same record all that stuff they have them as a seventy percent favorite in that game. So their projections are okay. leaning heavily Houston. Um, I believe it's five and a half according to their metrics. Uh, Somehow Houston. I thought you were gonna. I don't know why, but when oh, you no. said the metrics had them, I thought you were gonna say has them as like a 13 seed in the tournament, <laughs> <laughs> like has them making the tournament somehow. And I was just like, hold on, man, what are we doing here? Time out, time out. Like they're gonna run through the American or something, I guess. <laughs> right. Maybe they do. I don't know. I just uh, wasn't expecting that. Right. No, but, but um, <laughs> no, but they have a uh, Houston as a five and roughly five and a half point favorite. Um in that game, if this game was played right now, uh, I believe both teams have like one more game or something like that before, yes. before they play. So that's going to be, I mean, I'm, I, we're looking good with that Houston call saying they're still really good. Like we think rice is really good this year. Yeah. So like if they took them to overtime, um, I'm feeling more confident about that. I mean, we can, you know, I don't know. Destiny Jackson, Ashley Austin for rice just like went off. Destiny Jackson had like 33 points in that game. Um, the thing with Houston that I'm really satisfied with is that it's not just Layla Blair doing things like they're really finding. Everybody's well, yeah. Like they're really finding a well-rounded attack and I, which is what they need to do. Cause it looked like last year, the year before it was like, 
that's all they had. So I'm so happy that they're finding like a well-balanced offensive attack this year. Layla Blair, 17, Bria Patterson, 16, Onye- Brittany Onyeje, 11, Tatiana Hill, 10, and Tierra Young, 15. Those are all the players that we knew coming into the year. They were like, all right, those are the five. Tierra Young off the bench, man, the second-leading scorer. Yeah, it's like, and is she going to get shots up? I'm mm-hmm. not saying she's the most efficient player I've ever seen. Right. But she gets the shots up, so mm-hmm. respect to her. Um, but anyways, Houston has Middle Tennessee next before the, the heavyweight bout uh, against UTSA. UTSA has... UIW, mm-hmm. so they might pick up a win. They might not have two wins, unfortunately, or I guess you know, fortunately for them. But regardless, Houston versus UTSA, December nineteenth. I will not be on. Well, hold on, hold on. No, it's in Houston. Damn, oh. it was in San Antonio. Ooh, we might. Have I would have tried to make that one. <laughs> we might have had something here. <laughs> we we could have got. We could have. Uh, man, emailed Karen Aston. Like, I was about hey, to say, say, hey, yo, can you hook us up with this? <laughs> Dang, we're probably the only ones in the state in the country that are like fascinated by this game. Set up a little table on the concourse. We'll do a live (laughs) podcast of it. Yo, I don't care. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. So, anyways, yeah, uh, that game, December 19th, 11 a.m. nonetheless, Mm -hmm. for Tita Center. So, be there or be square. All right. um, On to a less uh, jovial game. Texas A&M. Mm. Mm. I mean, we, we got a lot of less jovial get results going on here. Yeah. On the women's side, it's, it's it feels like it's staying, like it's uh, not not happy. All right. Uh, Texas A&M loses to Little Rock, Arkansas Little Rock. Little Rock entered the game 1-5. and five. Yeah. And Texas A&M, Janai Barker is injured. I do not know the extent of her injury. I don't know if nobody's asked or if it just hasn't been reported. Do mm-hmm. not know the extent of her injury, but Janai Barker is injured. And hope hoping it's very short term, uh, and they can get her back for conference because she is their best player. Mm-hmm. Um, even with that being said, you should not lose to Little Rock, Arkansas, and you should not only put up thirty eight points. And you should they had they had twenty two points through three quarters. Yeah, like I, it's awesome. unacceptable. It's, it's unacceptable. Horrendous. And so you lose to Little Rock. And they don't play until the 18th against SMU. And SMU has – we've talked about SMU. They've been – they've they, they beat North Texas, you know, pretty soundly, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are a very good team at this point. So if AM is not ready, they, they will get run by SMU with if, if Janai Barker is not playing. And I just don't fully know how this happens because even though Barker is good, Aaliyah Patty is, is a decent player. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Mackenzie Green, Sydney Bowles, Jada Malone. I, I, there's too many solid players on this team to only be putting up 38 points against Little Rock and getting and losing. Yeah, I mean they they turned the ball over so much. Like that was the last time we talked about this team. We kind of saw a team that just like the lazy passes and like thinking things were just going to be easy to set up. Yeah. Again, it's like they move the ball like it's practice. You know, where it's like here's where we're supposed to set up you know, the high post or the, the horn set or whatever, and they just motion through it and it just creates these easy turnovers that just like, I don't know, like defensively, they are good. Like they're fine. Like I don't have a problem. Like Little Rock shot like 30% or something like that from the field. Like they were, I thought they were fine defensively, but again, it's that their offense is just really bad. And like you mentioned with, even with Janiya Barker out, like your talent should just, you should be able to just bully teams like this and just like get a win, right? Make it ugly, whatever, but just be good enough, talented enough to win. And yeah, it's, it's awful. Let me see. I'm trying to figure out their turnover, their turnover ranking right now. Um, Cause I feel like they are not, they got to be near the bottom of the country yeah. in terms of like, well, just the like, thing is, and yeah. They, just so, so assisted turnovers, they are 259th right now in assisted turnovers. And what, and, is, what is that rating? Or, uh, uh, 0.6. 0.6, yeah. So, yeah, it's not great. Uh, they have they have a 23% turnover rating, which is 290th, and then they average almost 20. Uh, they average almost 20 turnovers per game. Like, it's just a team that just does not know how to get into its sets. Um, everything looks like a struggle, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm curious because like. I'm curious if they're a team that can score that just doesn't know how, like in terms of like setting up, right? Because we mentioned the talent and the talent, 
the talent can show like to me when you have just like natural talent and natural gifts in basketball, you know how to score, right? Yeah. Like you, if, if somebody gives you a one-on-one in the post, that's, that's where you show off that you can score. Yeah. The trouble comes with, okay, well, what happens when you're doubled in the post? What happens when somebody's fronting you? What happens when yeah. somebody throws an adjustment? You have to adjust. Yeah. Right. It's just like when you play against a defense, <laughs> what happens when it, when, when you come, when it, when, what happens to your ability at that point? And that's where coaching comes in. And I'm not saying Johnny Taylor's not doing that, but what I'm saying is right now, I don't know if they know how to make those type of adjustments as players, right? Is that, is that just a mental thing to where it's like, Oh no, the set's not there. What happens? What, what, what do we go into if our first look isn't there? You know, things like that. So I don't know. Um, It's just going to really be unfortunate because they're going to have to learn this now in the sec um, because they're running out of games to fix this. (laughs) Guess who their first game in the SEC is against? Is it LSU? Oh no! Oh, it's South Carolina. South Carolina. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, Lee Boston. uh, What happens when? What happens when Lee Boston's guarding you in the post? (laughs) Go December twenty ninth at South Carolina. There you go. That's how you start. And before that, they have SMU and Purdue. And if they don't get right, they're going to lose both those games. So you could be going in on a, you know, I mean, having lost Rice, Kansas. Little Rock, like they would have gone in potentially. They've already lost three straight. If they lose to SMU Purdue, they're going in on a five game losing streak. They got South Carolina, Florida, and LSU as their first three games. Like, and then, and then after they play Ole Miss, and Ole Miss was good last year. I don't know how good Ole Miss is this year exactly, but um, Ole Miss was good last year. Let's just say they're, they can beat Ole Miss, sure. Then they got Tennessee. So it's like the wins are not, they're not lining up here. All right. You don't have, um Vanderbilt you don't have the, the bad teams in the SEC early in the schedule you got good teams right. and even if you did have bad teams one of those bad teams last year was Auburn who was atrocious in the SEC Auburn beat Little Rock by 22 yep Arkansas beat Little Rock by almost 40 Ole Miss beat Little Rock by 18 it's like this isn't a Little Rock team that is good you can't put up 14 points in the first half I don't care who's on the court you just can't so I'm 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 scared. I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely am. <laughs> this is gonna be interesting. Let's just say I'm scared. Um. All right, we can roll through these other ones here. Baylor beat UT Arlington. Is it time? Who does this say more about? Baylor. Beat I was UT about to Arlington. say. We, this is the other result I was shocked 91 by. Ninety-one to thirty-six. If you would have asked me before, like three weeks ago to set a line for this game, I probably have been like, "All right, Baylor by like 10. Sure. Bay 12, like maybe. Right. They beat them by they beat them by 55. 55. 55. And and it's not like UTA was missing players. They I mean Jacobs, Smith, White. So they didn't have what? They didn't have uh Jure Washington. I think so. I think that was about my, it. right. Like, so I'm probably missing somebody else here, but overall, even even if you don't have those, yeah, players, Dre Washington was players, the only one out. Baylor isn't still without Dreon Edwards. I was about to say they're two potentially two best players. Blackwell, like again before the season, if you would have told me these these two teams are playing full strength, full everything. I would have said, all right, Baylor, fifteen, sure. sure. And that if they're clicking, you know, they're top fifteen team, they're clicking the fifteen points. I think UTA maybe hangs them a bit. They lost by fifty five, and I don't know what to do with this result. I have zero idea what to do with this result because it wasn't just like they were up ninety in the first quarter. They were up 24 at halftime, and then they kept pouring it on and pouring it on. Every single quarter was the same, and um, I have no clue what to do with this result. So I yeah, I wonder like I don't know either because like part of me wants to give credit. I mean, de- I'm definitely giving credit to Baylor and to some extent, right? They just blew them out of the water. Yeah. Um, Dariana Littlepage uh, Bugs probably had her best game so far this year. Um, she was very impactful, and I feel like I want to get like, yes, if you're UTA, you definitely are just like completely upset about this result. Um, But I kind of want to give, it's like, just give credit to Baylor in some extent to say like, I don't know. Did you expect this kind of performance for like, could you expect? No. Even if UTA played its worst game, I don't think this Baylor, I didn't think this Baylor team had this kind of performance in them. Right. Almost 30 turnovers forced. Um, 
like I mentioned, uh, Little Page Bugs looks like that freshman that we could that should be should be regarded as a five star like she was. Sarah Andrews again played really really well, um, taking confident confident shots. I mean, Caitlin Bickle like again thirteen points. Uh, you know, it, it just looked like an all around effort from Baylor, and like. I don't know if those two players are out and we know that more or less Drianna Edwards or not Drianna, uh, Asia Blackwell is going to miss the rest of the season, you know, very likely. Yeah. You're going to need like this type of effort from like, how many points off the bench did they have in this game? It's so many points off the bench too. Like 30 plus. Yeah. So it's like, okay, like that's kind of what they need to do. And I'm, this is a good mid-major opponent. So I, I, okay. Let's, let's just say like, okay, if this is what you guys can do potentially, I'm listening. Yeah. I'm with you now. I'm with. I think this says more about Baylor because if you look at UTA's schedule this year, mm-hmm. um, or their their results this year, it's like lost to Kansas by five. Let's remember they lost that Kansas game. They were close. Lost to Oklahoma by nine. That was a ranked Oklahoma team. Um, you know, lost to Toledo by ten. Cincinnati by fourteen. They hadn't lost the game by more than fourteen, and yet here we are talking about a fifty-five point loss. It's it's absolutely staggering. And I mean. They play uh, Arizona December 21st, so maybe that could get out of hand too. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if they keep it somewhat close. Like, I don't know. It's just this Baylor team, after they lost to Michigan, and I was ready to be like, okay, I don't know if they can do it without those two. Mm-hmm. Um, they've pulled off back-to-back 40-plus point wins against you know mid-major teams that aren't great. But still, Houston Christian I don't think is bad. I actually watched Houston Christian push – uh, LSU a bit, and mm-hmm. then um, UT Arlington, they beat by 55. So Baylor has uh, Arizona on the 18th. So Arizona's doing a little Texas swing, I guess. They play Baylor mm-hmm. on the 18th and UT Arlington on the yeah. 21st. So, yeah, I, I'll say that it says more about Baylor. And I'll say this. I'm looking at Baylor's numbers right now in the season. So their defense, 60, about 69th in terms of field goal percentage, really good. They're top 50 in field goal percentage on offense. They're 99th right now, 33%, and still trending upward in terms of three-point percentage, 33 on the year. And I looking at I was looking at their team numbers. And right now they're atten- they're averaging about, let me see. So Sarah Andrews is taking about seven threes a game, shooting at a 37% clip. Jamie, Jamie Asbury, five, five threes a game, 31%. Take it, take yeah. it or leave it. Bella Fontleroy. Four four threes, forty percent. Jaden Owens is probably the only one at like twenty six percent. But everybody else, forty percent. Bickle, thirty percent. Like they're shooting pretty well from three. And if they can get, if you can just shoot well as a team and play pretty average defense, which is what they seem to be playing in terms of like top top line teams in the country, you know, yeah, they can. They'll be they'll be fine, man. I think they'll be fine. Um, and especially if this Texas team isn't. Exactly what we're thinking maybe we'll see um again it's kind of weird this tech um i'm trying to think they don't have really a big game until conference either do they texas i don't think so yeah so you know it's kind of going to be a wait and see yeah they have alabama state jackson state southern yeah they don't play anybody until kansas state um december 31st so we'll see we'll see um this game like i said i didn't expect baylor to have this kind of game in them like at all all right, the next game, uh, real quick. Mm-hmm. Don't want to spend too long on this. SMU beat North Texas by 18. Um, they were up in the first – SMU was up double digits in the first half. North Texas comes back, makes it a close game. SMU puts away in the third quarter, so on and so forth. It's, the game's over. Still, you still worried? <laughs> worried. <laughs> worried. This is a team that is – North Texas now 2-6, and six, and – is going to be one of the worst teams in the conference. So, Jocelyn Moore's not even starting anymore. Oh, that's okay. So, that's my main takeaway. Okay. I, I have my notes there. Jocelyn Moore, man, and it, it sucks whenever players don't don't pan out, but she's now 20 of 87 from the field. It's, it's, it's nine of 40. It's giving Zach not all. <laughs> it's <laughs> Giving Zach Nuttall is crazy. <laughs> um, you know, we got to have a Zach Nuttall award. <laughs> for for a mid-major player that doesn't know how to step up. Transfers in the state that don't work out. 
Write it down. Where's my damn? <laughs> He's literally writing that one down for the audio listeners. <laughs> um. All right, Zach Nuttall Award. Because remember, we we gotta do our awards at the end of the year. We don't want the most dubious award ever. <laughs> oh, will not be making a pop up a transfer week. bust. <laughs> transfer bust. So Jocelyn Moore is currently the, the main candidate in that one. Uh, has not worked out over there. She First game uh, where she wasn't starting, she is now coming off the bench, and it didn't seem to help. Uh, nope. She still went one of seven from the field. That hurts because this team was supposed to be her and Noble, mm-hmm. and now it's just Noble, and they have nothing else. So I, I have nothing else to say about North Texas. Yeah. Shout out to SMU, taking care of business. Um, they'll be good. They have AM. That game on the 18th, I think, will decide a lot for how good SMU could be and then how bad AM will be. So I'll say to your point. So I'm looking at the, I'm, I've been curious about their usage percentage this year. And to your point, so Quincy Noble has a usage of 30%, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, she's about top 200. And this is out of everybody in the country. This is like out of 3,000, you know. So, um, Jocelyn Moore is at 27%. So it just shows how much, obviously that'll go down as she gets less minutes, but like it just shows how much was put on her plate initially with what they expected, which they understandably. Her. Um, they get her completely. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's this team is team's suffering because of that. Um, yeah. That golly. Um, we're starting to see Kendall Magruder get more, more minutes um, in her place. I believe she's almost like doubled her minutes this year compared to last year. So mm-hmm. if that's kind of gonna be the new wave for for them, it's kind of it's kind of forcing Jaylee Mitchell's hand a little bit because yeah, this, your 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 star transfer is not panning out so far. Um, so yeah, I mean, geez, I don't know. Their schedule does. I don't know what they're. It doesn't get too much easy. Yeah, they got Georgetown coming up, and then they start FAU at the end of the month doesn't matter i don't think i don't know i i haven't followed yeah. conference usa across the board on the women's side i don't care they're, they're... i was about to say i'm not yeah i was about they they they're not gonna be a contender in this conference at all like they're not gonna they're not beating utsa right now no they're not beating rice that's for sure they're not beating utip that's for sure and that's all the texas teams so yep they're not beating they're fau no they're not so yeah we'll see how it goes actually no but... fau i'm not uh, uh middle tennessee i meant yeah not being middle so, yeah, we'll see how all that goes, but that's the, the, the rundown there. All right, um, last but not least, I don't know if this is ending it on a happy note, but yeah. look, Lamar is is hanging around there. Yeah. If they didn't have as many wins, I could put them in the same category as Houston and UTSA, but they've won too many games. I'm sorry, you are. <laughs> You're, you've been too good. Four and four on the year. I can't acknowledge you as a team that is better than its record, because, but it's <laughs> Still, Lamar four and four on the year. Lost to Arkansas, number twenty-one Arkansas, only by thirteen. Mm-hmm. Lost to UTA by four. Lost to Southern Miss by eight. It's like okay, this is a solid, solid team. They have LSU on the road uh, on when is this Tuesday or Wednesday, the fourteenth. Um, actually, I plan on going to that game, so I'll get to see this team in person, get my eyes on them, and report back to you. But uh, I mean, LSU is very good. I don't expect it to be close, but hey, maybe they hang in there. Yeah. Maybe they hang in there and keep it within 20, and I'd be impressed. So Yeah, they're playing. Let me see. I'm trying to think. They're holding teams to under 40% yeah, the from, from, the free, from the field, I should say. And they're shooting. Yeah, they're shooting 37% from three as a team, which is 39th in the country there. So, yeah, I mean, that'll play solid defense, be able to get hot from three, and that's a recipe. Um Sabria Dean is shooting five threes at a 46% clip. <laughs> so who drafted damn. her? Who, whose team was she on? You know what? Uh, did, did, did either of us really? You, I think you drafted her. Did I draft her? I might've drafted her. Someone took Sabria Dean. I know that for a fact. Okay. I feel like you did. I feel like I might've overlooked her. Okay. If you don't remember, then I'll take regardless. Her. She's yeah. <laughs> regardless. She's been right on fire. I don't know what I do. Points women. a game. Um, yeah, so hell, she's gonna be, she's gonna be someone to watch this year. She might be our, she might be a, a take over that Jocelyn Moore spot, just like a, t- a player just lighting it up on a team that's that record is not very good. You want to have a, a Jocelyn Moore award too? 
<laughs> cover both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> the Jock Lamore Award is the is the, the small small school player that is lighting it up from three and yeah. like, scoring a bunch, and then the we Zach give Jocelyn Moore the Zach Nuttall. <laughs> yeah, then the Zach Nuttall, then Jock Lamore actually wins the Zach Nuttall Award for being disappointing. <laughs> That is that would be something there. All right, that's all we have. Um, eventually, I'll figure out who drafted Sabria Dean in our in our picks um, as I scroll down. But until then, we will be back uh, at another point sometime. Uh, I don't know this week or next. I mean, it's it's tough because now then I got to travel to Texas. Yeah, this week it's. I mean, we got Christmas coming up. We got you know we'll. We'll try to get a couple in because obviously there's some big results coming in. You got conference coming up. So like we'll try to get some stuff in. But uh let's just say this. After the new year, we'll be more we'll be back on a very reliable Tuesday or what did what did we do last year? Tuesday, Friday? Uh Tuesday, Friday, yes. Tuesday, Friday. So let's put it this way. After the new year, after Christmas, definitely after the new year, right? We'll be back on a very reliable Tuesday, Friday schedule, just because with Football season, state championships, all that stuff. It's been both of our schedules, especially mine, has been just all over the place. So we will definitely be back. Um, we'll give you some pot. Don't get me don't get me wrong. We're not going away till then, but just like just know until then it'll be kind of spotty. But then after that, especially after the new year, we'll be back Tuesday, Fridays, reliable schedule. Once conference play gets going too, that that'll be a reliable schedule, and then we'll know when games are taking place. So um, yeah, let's just say that'll be the guarantee as far as when we get back on track. <laughs> yes. Um, also, you drafted Sabria Dean. Oh, okay. I'll take that then. So there you go. We'll take those dubs. I'm trying to look. I mean, your starting three is Asia Blackwell, so she's out for the year, so sorry. Hey, that's, not, hey, that's not my fault. What's going on here? <laughs> um, those are good teams. Now that looking back on them, it's like we, we only did them a month ago. I had Janiah Barker coming off my bench. Huh. Hmm. Quincy Noble, my team's better. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Good to know. I had Star Jacobs, Jordan Jenkins, and Janiah Barker rotating in my front. And Ayana Johnson st- rotating in my front. Oh, that's court. right. Yeah, you had the towering. Woo. That's whatever. Woo. What a team. Nah, all right. Uh, well, anyways, that's all we got for y'all today. Um, hope y'all enjoyed it. Hope y'all um, let us know what y'all think about our Christmas song selections. Uh, let us know what you think about the teams. All that good stuff. Our Twitters are right here. Uh, for those watching on YouTube, on the audio side, it's at Matthew Bruni underscore and at Ishmael R. Johnson. Leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. Spotify, Apple, Google, all the places. And if you haven't already, check out the YouTube channel. Uh, it is on our Twitter at DCT Basketball. You can check it out over there as well. And, yeah, we will be back. Like Ishmael said, we'll get the schedule organized and we'll go from there. But we appreciate you all for joining us. We'll talk to you all later.